Welcome back once again to The Narratives, a podcast that takes a comprehensive look into the nuances of mental health when it comes to the women in India. I'm Shweta and with me I have Preeti and we are your hosts at The Narratives. So this episode is pretty special because it marks the 10th episode of The Narratives. Doesn't feel like we've hit that uh, milestone already, but uh, yeah, so this month we've been talking about the experiences of school girls and how mental health plays a role in their lives and experiences. In today's episode, we talk about an aspect of the social context of schools that bears a profound impact on the mental health of schoolgoers, bullying. So school bullying is a pretty serious psychosocial problem because of the kind of detrimental effects that it can have on youth school functioning and adjustment. By definition, bullying is basically a form of aggressive and harmful behavior that is exhibited repeatedly over a period of time and it's characterized by some sort of peer power differential. While many may write off bullying as something that's inevitable, research over many decades has consistently shown that bullying is associated with a variety of physical, psychological, social and educational outcomes for both the perpetrators and the victims. And these consequences that sometimes uh, last, these consequences uh, basically sometimes also last well into adulthood and it impacts relationships as well as identity. A study conducted in India in 2020 on 667 adolescents in North India found that there was a prevalence of 25.6% of bullying and uh, that, I mean 25.6% of 667 adolescents had experienced bullying. Verbal bullying was the most common, 55.1% prevalence, followed by physical, relational and cyberbullying. Another survey in 2017 reported by Times of India noted that as many as 42% of students of classes 4 to 8 and 36% of uh, classes 9 to 12 said that they are subjected to harassment by peers on school campuses as per a five-year study conducted at 15 locations across the country. So if bullying is so prevalent, then it's so important to understand its nuances and how we can work to overcome the ill outcomes of bullying. Yes, exactly. And to do just that, today we are accompanied by Ms. Shruti Chaitanya. So, Shruti is a practicing counseling psychologist and she works with her clients using a transpersonal psychology approach. So, I'm pretty sure that's going to be a really new perspective for all of us here today. And she uses a variety of energy healing tools to work with children and adults in school and private settings. She has also facilitated workshops for adults and children on interpersonal abuse, life skills, learning styles, classroom management and other topics of interest within the field of psychology. She is passionate about creating spaces that facilitate individuals to get connected with themselves, become free of their limiting beliefs and create life from an, from an empowered space. She currently practices at the Pragna Wisdom Center. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Uh, we're really happy to have you on board the narratives and we're looking forward to this conversation. Uh, to start off, I'd like to ask you a broad question that sort of sets the context of the conversation uh, that we want to have and the topics that we want to explore. So could you tell us a little bit about uh, how bullying impacts the mental health of the perpetrator and the victim of bullying? Thank you Shweta and Preeti. Very nice to be here as well. Alright, so the mental health, when you look at the scenario, right, we uh, let me tell you a perspective uh, that I usually take in uh, the practice that I do. So we all go through life experiences 
and we form beliefs out of these experiences which continue to impact us throughout our lives right and when we are upon birth and as you continue as the child continues to grow there are different needs that of the child that have to be met at different stages and you are, you also are familiar with the different psychological theories that talk about what exactly a child needs at each stage for the child to develop capacities to be able to handle the world outside right now bullying because we are looking at bullying in schools today we are essentially saying this experience has an impact on the emotions the beliefs and the overall well-being of the child right so going on to talk about the mental health we can say that bullying as such is an act of aggression right and it is an act that has usually as it is defined probably an intent to harm the person on the receiving end and it is also repeated over a period of time and there's also quite a bit of power differential so when you look at the intent to harm and bullying as an act of aggression the intent or the act of aggression itself when you look at aggressive acts when somebody is in a very peaceful state or very content with themselves from a very internal standpoint it is quite difficult to think of that person as causing harm which means that the person on the receiving end of the action and on the meting out the person who is meting out this action which in psychological terms or as we're using it today we can say the bully and the victim or the perpetrator and the victim both of them are in a place of reduced mental health or there is some challenge around the mental health or there is some challenge around the well-being of the person now when i say challenge around mental health i do not mean it in terms of any illness all i mean to say is the emotional state of the person right and so yes it does have definitely have an impact on the person who's meting out the action who's on the receiving end of the action people who are watching the action people in the lives of these people so yes it does okay thanks for that i think uh, that really gave us a sort of uh, comprehensive insight into why it is that we need to be talking about bullying in the first place right because if uh, bullying is something that has such a profound uh, impact on the mental and emotional health and well-being of children uh, of school going children then i mean that's definitely something that we need to be talking about and learning about so yeah uh, but taking a conversation forward i wanted to ask if uh the the impact on the mental health that you were just talking about uh does it vary by the developmental stage of the child so what i mean to ask is um is the sort of bullying that we see different when the child is younger versus when they're in say middle school or high school and is the experience of bullying different uh what are your views on that so to answer that i would say that from what i've seen there are broad effects of bullying that can be very similar across mental um, the developmental stages of children which means that there is there are the core issues of self esteem and self worth and the emotional wellness that can be very much affected for both parties involved and when you look at developmental stages here the difference that we are looking at is really more the specifics into it 
which means that from what i've seen say the type of bullying now as children get older the emotional maturity of the children is also getting better right and they're also able to understand their own needs better the needs of other people better so in that extent to that extent yes the kind and the way the aggression is meted out can be different across different developmental ages say for example when children are very young the way they display their an act of aggression would be a little more a very it's not very mature yet right so for example they would be hitting somebody else so they would snatch somebody else's physical things and that would be repeated over a period of time and that constitutes bullying sometimes also what i've seen is a lot of disturbance in class so that they do not want the other child to concentrate in class right and now the other thing i want to bring up when we're talking about this here right the intent to harm as we use it for the definition of bullying for understanding bullying i would say that today both in my experience and research itself there's quite a bit of um, exploration and quite different points of view when it comes out uh, to the intent of harm and the reason is because when you say that the mental health of the person who is meting out the action there is an, an emotional disturbance and in most most cases i have seen that there is the intent to harm itself can be conscious or unconscious which means that it can be a form of emotional expression the end of it there is harm caused and the person may ha- it may have an impact on the emotional state of the person meting it out for example somebody may derive pleasure out of it because an emotion of anger has been released so there is that framework when we want to look at the intent itself so i'd like to use that in a little more gentle way because i don't want us to uh, really be fixated on there is a proper conscious intent to harm which may very well be the case in um, a few of the scenarios that we see today and it has also been very similar in my experience so yes for elementary children right it may be that somebody is very bored in class and they don't know what to do about it and sometimes as a result of that there is an action of aggression that is caused for example snatching away the physical items of another person or just disturbing them sometimes i've also seen erasing the notes of the child that is sitting next to them and and this happens over a period of time and this is an act of aggression that is displayed and as children grow up because their understanding of the world themselves and all of that is also improving the way aggression is displayed the way bullying is displayed yes it does become a little more preplanned sometimes a little more manipulative maybe even especially in adolescence the peer relations become very important for children and at this time the focus on impacting the peer relations of another person what are the really the insecurities that are coming out and all of that becomes a little more if you if you want to use the word advanced we can say advanced okay great and i think while you were talking i was sort of able to relate what you were saying to um, you know things that we learn in developmental psychology about how um things like intentionality and children's understanding of morality and uh, rules for that matter and all of these things sort of develop over the lifespan and over the course of childhood and that definitely reflected in the sort of changes that you were talking about in bullying that are observed uh, from young children as compared to older children so 
yeah i think that was a i think that was a very good uh, insight on that uh taking that forward uh something that uh, at least i've come across a lot when i've uh, read about bullying or uh, uh, read up literature on bullying is the concept of the bully victim so can you tell us a little bit about what that is and how it relates to mental health yes uh, this is quite an interesting and an important aspect when it comes to bullying so the bully victim or the bullied bully right refers to a child or, or anybody who has themselves experienced bullying has been on the receiving end and they're also now participating in acts of aggression so they have been on both ends of the spectrum they have been both the bully and the victim something that is very important to see here is how when somebody is meting out aggression in a certain format right how is that person expressing their own anger or if they the bully can be of different reasons bullying can be of different types and the reason why bullying done can also be very different the person on the receiving end can get different messages out of this from where they are in their own lives which means if they see that the bully is getting popularity and a lot of support because they are engaging in this action it 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 sends a message that this is a way to be popular or if they feel that this is the only way to be powerful this is the only way they can assert their power and protect themselves they will again they can again resort to bullying right and to know that somebody has been on the receiving end and they have certain beliefs right now around bullying that makes them engage in bullying brings us to the very important aspect of working with bullying and where to and how to really cut it off because we can really see that when a victim becomes the bully there is that much of disturbance that is pushing them to engage in this action so yes and i think research has also shown how uh, bullied bullies right or bully victims are they are more um, they have more cynical attitudes towards life which means they the negative outlook of life is is higher because not only have they felt that uh, effect on their self esteem self worth and the weakness inside when they have been on the receiving end but now from that place of hurt and to fulfill their unmet need of whatever it is of power of affiliation and of uh, acceptance they themselves engage in this action it it really makes us wonder and reflect very deeply on the mental health of the perpetrator because i've also seen that sometimes there is they can be quite a bit of judgment around the bully right there is a lot of focus on uh, understanding of the victim research wise there is but i've seen in the in the places that i've worked in the schools that i've worked in people that i've worked with there can be a judgment and a lot of aggression and anger towards the bully but especially when you look at the victim bullies it really shows us that both the parties need help it is not only the victim so i think that actually threw a lot of light into everything regarding like um, an individual who might be the bully or the perpetrator and also the victim um something that i'd like to understand uh, now is also what kind of a role does the bystander uh, play in case of the perpetuation of bullying so let's look at the the understanding of bullying and we we've seen that how between the bully and the victim if we were to use the terms there is a power differential right and with power we mean the helplessness of the victim comes into picture and that i can i can do this i can met out this action and that person 
can't do anything right that, that, that there's that sort of a power kick and when you look at a bystander which means somebody who's watching this act of bullying and and usually most times the entire class knows what's happening most of the times and sometimes even other grades when it's happening you know if, if the population if the number of students are less so there there are um, peer groups across age groups most of the times there are bystanders which means there are people who are watching this or who know about this and what happens with this is uh, say for example even any act of violence right even in society when you look at it if there are people who are saying who are up against somebody the power factor for that person really reduces who is meting out the action the perpetrator and for the victim there is a lot of support that's coming in so that really offsets the power differential that exists and which means bullying it it, it can lead to a stop or a betterment in um, the course of action itself it and uh, today we understand through research and um, that there are different kind of bystanders which means that there are people who support the bully and enjoy the act there are people who know what's happening remain to stay silent and there are people who support the victim or, or come to um help the victim in whatever way they can so yes it all these three exist right all these three kind of behaviors and what becomes also important is to understand what is really happening with the bystanders which means that you know sometimes i've seen how children are very scared that say the bully is usually also you know can be popular in class mm-hmm. in a few cases and well i have also seen cases where the bully is unpopular as well so there are a lot of reasons why uh, children choose to act the way they do when they are in an um, when they themselves are a bystander and uh, you know we have learned from research that children can be very scared of becoming the victim of the bully because they themselves can perceive them as weak they can also not be aware of what to do in that situation this is something that i've seen quite often <clears throat> that there are a few um children who will not agree to what is happening but they at the same time they also don't know what to do about it they're confused and the other is also they may also want the acceptance of the group which is why they may also resort to bullying say for example uh, something like social exclusion right which means that uh, a group of people or a person is purposefully excluding another from the group right and it is not this is a little more than i prefer not to engage with that person there is really some underlying insecurity conflict and there are attempts made to affect the peer group of the other which means that they'll for example i've seen um you know in a case where this particular child would say to, to tell her friends don't make friends with this particular person right and and i think a lot of us have experienced that so in this case to please to be accepted by that their friend and to be accepted by the class because in most cases the bully is you know quite popular they keep quiet and not do anything so this really gives us a framework to understand uh what the the actions of the bystander why they do what they do and also helps us devise perspectives on how we can really uh bring into action or bring into um or you know or rather i'd say help the bystander to help the bully or the victim 
so this really also talk you know brings us to a very systemic perspective of understanding bullying itself which means it's not yes there is the bully and the victim and there are things that both the bully has to learn and the victim has to learn but there are also things that people around can do to offset the situation yeah i think that was a very important perspective as well um i'd also like to understand since we have been discussing bullying uh, within a school context itself how do you think peer relationships are impacted by bullying peer relationships when you look at that can be a different aspects to it right which means i have seen cases in which uh, uh, the bully can have a lot of peer support first they may be popular to start off with um second due to the fear that is associated with other people you know not wanting to become the victim or acceptance sometimes they tend to be closer to the bully and because nobody wants to be in the place of the victim and showing support may you know um aggravate the bullying or even they may become a victim themselves sometimes the support for the victim is less but i have definitely seen cases otherwise as well which means there are students in class who will stand up and say you know what this is not right and then they will step in and support in support of the victim right so sometimes the bully can become quite unpopular and i have seen this even more when there is an awareness that sets into what is really happening because children they don't know what this behavior is right i mean it's such a when uh, there are impulses and these impulses are being displayed not everybody understands what this is or how it's impacting the other person is it is it an unhealthy thing is it not a healthy you know there are a lot of the child is it's quite unsure of how to perceive the situation and when there is awareness i have seen that the support for the victim goes up so which means that the peer group does become stronger i also want to add here that you know the whole classroom environment is impacted this is something that has commonly come across because the entire class really knows what's happening it it's very very rare that you know it's happening very much in secret at least a part of the class will know so you can really see when it especially when it builds up there is quite a tension in class and sometimes uh when uh, children have come up to me and said you know this is happening in class and we don't know what to do about it so that way also i'd like to point out how it it is really the mental health of everybody around also that's getting affected simply because it is an act of aggression and over time there is a build up to it there are supporters there are you know people on either sides and it is quite a build up and this also brings me to another point which is how we understand bullying right there can be extreme cases of bullying which means extreme physical bullying uh sometimes we we've, we've seen these depictions in um, popular media but that i have seen in my experience is quite rare it's more the subtler forms of bullying that exist and there is that you know the dynamic of the entire dynamic just playing out and sometimes it's been very beautiful to see how the build up has happened and how children come and talk about it and even more when children are made aware of this they are even more willing to stand up and talk about it yeah i think uh, what you were just talking about right i think it really gave us an understanding of uh, like you said how bullying is a very systemic issue and while there's of course the micro perspective of just the bully and the impact on the victim there's the larger context within which occurs which is so so important so thanks for bringing that up actually 
um yeah and moving forward from that uh so at our podcast at the narratives what we try to look at with every topic that we take up is how it differently impacts uh women and the experience of women and mental health so bringing that perspective onto bullying as well uh could you tell us a little bit about how different the bullying perpetuated and experienced by girls and boys is so let's look at the forms of bullying right now there's physical bullying they can be verbal they can be social forms of bullying sexualized bullying and they can be cyber bullying and now this brings me to understanding of our understanding of aggression and the display of aggression and the gender difference there so we have seen that um aggression is displayed more physically by boys usually and aggression is displayed more in indirect manners or passive manners or it can also be said in relational manners when it comes to bullying by girls now it's also um, i also say that i have seen both which means i have also seen cases of um, indirect aggression with boys and direct aggression which means physical aggression with girls but when you look at the proportion itself as research shows i think uh the way aggression is meted out and the kind of bullying which means boys tend to be engaged more in um, physical bullying verbal bullying i've seen that not that much of a difference but social bullying is something that is higher in girls right and uh, social bullying means that exclusion from a group spreading rumors about somebody talking about somebody behind their back all of these so anything that affects the social standing the peer status of uh, the person involved yes and if you look at the boy boys again physical aggression is um, is higher thing and something else i've also seen is how because the aggression is physical or verbal with with boys it can also be easily noticed but with girls it it's, it can be very subtle it can be sometimes within friend groups when a friend when somebody is some, no longer somebody's friend and that happens and there's bullying of that person all of that now when it comes to sexual bullying which means um either inappropriate comments sexually about uh, the other person or uh, <clears throat> any kind of bullying based on the sexual orientation or um yeah of the other person now this i have again also seen both girls on girls girls with girls and boys with boys or boys with girls it's it, it's very different so that again i have quite very well seen in both across both genders and um, it also shows us you know just the display of aggression and how femininity masculinity we've really you know sometimes it can be brought down to the sex which means the gender can become you know male female where in in fact where you can instead of looking at a balance balanced approach of masculinity and femininity between both we can tend to take up roles that are more feminine for girls and masculine for boys when we look at aggression itself it can be directed in ways that are uh, more quote unquote masculine for boys and quote unquote feminine for girls so you just said um, quote unquote masculine and feminine right and uh, i think that uh, directly leads me into what i want to ask you next which is how these things relate to the gender norms that uh, boys and girls are socialized to while growing up definitely i think you know um just how emotions are to be supposed to be experienced and expressed by boys and girls and the conditioning that is around it 
I would like to say that today with the awareness that's growing, this has there has been a lot of improvement. But well, there are strands in society that are there because it's a very traditional understanding of masculinity that you know, aggression can be displayed physically by them and it is allowed even. But there can be an idea that exists that um, you know girls cannot show aggression out and uh, the demeanor of girls can, has to be more polite. And, and we have heard a lot of uh, stereotypes around that. So absolutely, I think that can definitely have a role to play. And just also how uh, the way the fight is taken for boys and also for the victims, right? When you look at uh, the, uh, receiving end, being physically weak is considered a weakness. So when physical aggression is meted out, it can really impact the mental health of boys. I've actually seen how boys, the support that they reach out for, uh, in my a few of my experiences, is can be lesser than girls. For girls, at least because it's related to friendship and peer relations, they are able to reach out for support, but just as reaching out for support, right? Because the weakness is perceived so much with physical strength for um, boys and men, the support, they are, they can be quite late to reach out for support. And well, I've seen this in girls, somehow, you know, they, they are able to reach out for support. And especially physical aggression is there in girls because it's so uncommon. I have seen how children immediately complain about it. Yeah, how much ever, however low or high the intensity. Okay, and at this point, I'd just like to ask, uh, could you maybe give us a few examples of what actually constitutes as uh, verbal bullying and how to sort of differentiate, uh, you know, the uh, what may be passed off as jokes between friends versus what actually counts as bullying? Uh, so say for example, let me take a very extreme example of when this girl was being bullied for her uh, for, the, for her religious background, right? Uh, and another for her economic status. So when something, again, a very important aspect here is the power differential, which means when it's general joking, both the person meting it out and the person on the receiving end, usually, you know, they can respond back, right? The person on the receiving end. But with bullying there is a clear power differential which means the vulnerability of the person on the receiving end is very high and they're not able to respond so for this girl um, she would be called names due to the religious background she was in and there were stereotypes associated that the people you know for example because you belong to this religion you can be this 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 way or uh, because you come from this socio-economic status, you can't afford this. Or they would call call her slangs, right? In their own mother tongue, in their own language, they would really degrade and demean the girl and uh, also her possessions, right? So this and the way she speaks language and everything around this. So there was a huge power differential between the person meting it out and it was definitely not a joke. And we also see the intent to harm. There was quite ha uh, um, a severe amount of harm caused in this case, both the girl who was uh, being bullied for her religious background and the girl who was being bullied for her socio-economic status. So it's just not the name calling, teasing with the other person is in an equal power place to respond, is able to respond. Here, it is sometimes even ganging up of people against this one person because of a perceived difference or or a perceived insecurity so that does make it um, quite different i have also seen how in a few cases what can start off as just a joke can really lead to bullying sometimes that can really be low-grade aggression which is just you know that person is saying something but i've seen how this really can escalate to bullying so just this it begins as teasing first 
and then it may go into a conflict and then it can also lead to bullying especially if one person is getting a lot of support because a lot of uh, people are perceiving that and are going against another person i have also seen that happen this is just for me go it goes to say that you know while there is a jovial teasing but when there is aggression involved aggression meaning there is a there is a kind of emotion and the person is expressing it there is hurt that is being caused let us just bring awareness and be cautious of how we are expressing our emotions and be empathetic with another person there was a very clear cut uh, example and i think it really clarified how these two are different because i myself have heard people saying uh, you know that they don't understand the difference between what is verbal bullying and what is uh, just something that can be passed off as a friendly comment or a joke and i think what you said now like really made that distinction clear so thanks for that yeah so going back to our discussion of uh, bullying and how gender has a role to play in this uh, equation um how is the experience of bullying impacted by the match between the genders of the bully and the victim i mean for instance uh, how is girl on girl bullying different from boy on girl or girl on boy bullying could you maybe uh, tell us a little bit about that so when it comes to this again it ties into the previous um, answer which is the way aggression is displayed so if you it go when uh, boys bully even if they, in case of whether they bully boys or girls physical aggression or verbal aggression is higher right and when it is girl on girl bullying or girl on boy bullying it is a lot of social bullying or exclusion that comes into place now that being said i have also seen otherwise which means there are boys social exclusion or uh, social bullying right relational bullying spreading rumors that can also happen and again likewise with girls i have seen physical aggression towards boys or verbal kind of bullying now i think it's it's a, when i was also studying about bullying right something very interesting that i saw is a uh, boy on girl bullying is it can be seen still but girl on boy bullying is something that is quite less which which was very which was a very surprising find for me as well right and going back to my experience it is uh, when girls bullying boys the prevalence the ratio is definitely uh, there can be a difference in that yeah okay um so yeah i i think uh, that gave us a pretty comprehensive uh, view into uh, the various nuances that exist right when it comes to uh, experiences of bullying too what i want to understand is also um so since uh, we had taken a more holistic uh, perspective even when we try to understand the impact of bullying be it within the classroom the classroom dynamics and all of that what role do you think the environment within the school so basically the school environment uh, plays when it comes to bullying as a whole the culture of the school can play a very important role in how <clears throat> bullying is carried out whether bullying is carried out if the first i think for schools also to be aware that yes bullying does exist sometimes especially um a few schools you know i've seen how it it is considered something that brings shame to a school there's a lot of that but just to see that that is one the second is also to see that hey this is different from teasing you know this does exist that make it it is a very important thing to understand it's nothing to shy away from and there are these different aspects of mental health that are involved and it does exist so the awareness first of the school itself 
and second what is the culture of the school when i say culture it means what are the policies the school takes with regards to bullying right um is uh, because i i i know some schools say physical hitting is just not allowed and it is enforced with gentleness but yet very stern but in a very author- authoritative manner that this is not allowed and that really helps to curb physical bullying and um again the other rules are, i won't call it rules but just the framework of schools and how they look at emotions and how emotions are expressed is there space given for expression of emotions right which means that if our focus is only on the academic development of the child sometimes all of these are not seen and when children don't know how to express their emotions in a healthy manner it can lead them to express emotions in a very unhealthy manner which can further lead to bullying so just what is the importance that as schools today we give to the emotional health of the child and today life skills training and just the requirement of a counselor in every school all of this is increasing which is which is really good because it's helping address the emotional health of the child and it's not only for the child it's also for the entire school right which means when a teacher is going through an emotion how how does a teacher respond to it because sometimes um it is also seen that a teacher can make comments about a student in class and i have seen this example happen and that student is perceived weak because the teacher is also making comments for whatever reason for poor academic performance for lack of concentration and it is given out in um, a way that is really hurtful which is name calling or it can be in a very demeaning manner and that child becomes very vulnerable to bullying especially because the children feel that they are also doing the right thing so very subtle aspect not uh, but very important to realize also and also for the teachers to take care of their own emotional well-being because when one is not emotionally well and they are by emotionally well i mean there is some sort of disturbance right and of course very natural to have disturbance but when we are engaging from this place it can become quite difficult for us to teach children how to be emotionally well which means by emotionally well let me define let me yeah define it to say that i only mean how are we able to handle manage emotions that's it positive negative emotions and come into a state of balance within ourselves that becomes very important and again just the culture of giving people importance which means you know more than the capability the achievement which has its place which is important but also giving the value and to the essence of the person just because a person is a human being they deserve respect that's it that can come from the management to teacher teacher to management between teachers percolates all the way to the students because when they see teachers themselves in a very competitive environment or working against each other when they see these kind of behaviors in teachers when they see that teasing or sometimes teachers talking about other teachers behind their backs all of these in the environment you can you can see how the expression of emotion is not very healthy and these can act as risk factors definitely i won't say yes they will lead to bullying but they can as act as risk factors so that is a very um well-being oriented approach of the school and the other thing is definitely the response of the school towards bullying to really have in place how can you respond when there is bullying which means that you know um like we discussed before sometimes there's a, there can be a lot of judgment associated to the bully and a lot of um 
how can i put it the victim is already feeling helpless so there can be a tendency to um disempower the victim of course unknowingly and this can lead to the victim feeling even we even more um weak right not really getting up their strength in some cases definitely it is very important for the school to come in and really offset the situation but in any given case both the bully and the victim need to be worked with and best is without judgment without judgment means not towards the action but towards the person the bully as a person because otherwise sometimes when there is a lot of judgment and the approach is very punitive or punishing towards the bully it further damages the self worth of the bully and they're really not able to get out of this cycle because underlying is something that's disturbing the bully right the person who's emitting out the action which is why they're engaging in it so when that is happening it it becomes even more difficult for the bully to get out of the cycle and when you look at the victim it is to also go ahead and say what how to strengthen the victim right how can the victim stand up for himself or oneself and most importantly how can the self worth of the victim be uh restored or the self esteem of the victim be restored because that is something when you're bullied you you the inferiority right of i am not worthy as a person to be treated with respect i am not worthy as a person to be loved i am not capable all of these beliefs are are very very high and it is very very important to work with both you know so i think these three things are absolutely important the culture of the school as a whole with emotional well being just the awareness of on bullying and school policy on violence and aggression and the response to bullying um even within the indian context right like uh, you had mentioned a lot of things uh, with respect to the kind of relationships that the teachers have in, uh, amongst each other and the relationship they have with students and all of that so yeah i think that's very very important even when it comes to um, applications within the school setting in itself okay so moving on from you know the school environment to to the parents who are uh, i don't know if first responders is the right word but they do sort of uh, you know give the child the first uh, response when the child is at home and to their experiences in school so uh, what role do parents and the reactions of parents play in a scenario of uh, bullying i mean both for the perpetrator and for the victim okay so when we are looking at a systemic approach parents are a huge huge part of this right both for the perpetrator and the victim and now something again for parents is just the awareness that yes something like this can happen and there is a way out of it right when uh, for either the bully or the victim just that awareness and understanding and that can really help and i think first when somebody a parent gets to know for either the victim or the bully sometimes more difficult for a parent who who comes to know that you know a child the jay child has been on the side of the meeting out end right uh just i think dropping the parents own emotions or managing one's own emotions becomes extremely important for either ways because there can definitely you know it can definitely arise emotions of anger uh, shame guilt hurt sadness a lot of these and first just really to come to address those emotions for oneself and come into a calm because that will help to for themselves one to return to peace second they will be able to take a much better action and provide support the support that is required for the victim and the bully 
now let's look at the say the person the receiving and the victim when you look at what is really happening with the victim when when that's going on right because not always children go and share about this so it's, it can be very important to notice the warning signs you know when child the child says probably not wanting to go to school or the child is engaged um, the child, there are very low emotions the child displays not wanting to eat or a lot of these things there's a lot of fear that the child is all of all of a sudden is displaying sometimes these can be um uh, what can i say these can be signs of a lot of different things but to understand that hey you know what is everything okay and uh, really following up on that first you identify and then uh, to deal with one's own emotions and then provide a response from that space for the victim in extreme cases when needed definitely the parent can engage with the school uh, in a way that helps their child and also to say the first most important i think is also just listening to the child without judgment just understanding being fully present for the child really helps the child sometimes i've seen you know in um, more generally more uh, low intensity case so just listening to the child and asking the child what can you do really brings up strength for the child and the child is able to deal with it himself or herself i've seen this quite a few times of course in extreme cases the course of action is different but just that presence is very important and to really empathize with the child without making or you know without making the child feel weak or helpless without furthering these already present feelings within the child and focusing on how they can address the hurt and also strengthen the child and also work on the self worth and the self esteem of the child now and of course in both cases right the perpetrator and the victim seek help when required today the availability of counselors is increasing the accessibility of counselors is increasing so definitely seek help when required don't shy away from it because these this can leave truly a long lasting impact on both i i have seen when i in my work with adults i have seen them go back to incidents of bullying sometimes where they themselves were a bully sometimes and they themselves are a victim and lot of stuck emotions and beliefs around this which can further translate into adult life very important and for the coming to the perpetrator yes it it can be a, something that's difficult for somebody to accept right a lot of shame and guilt around it and to know that just accept that yes they are doing the best they can is one but sometimes in houses of uh, where there is domestic violence children can be more prone to become become uh, perpetrators themselves so to really look at what is happening if if there is the scope for it in their own journeys or in their own lives to be present for themselves uh and then deal with the child in a very um you know and also i think something is not take uh it can yes the child is learning from a home environment not to blame the parents of the bully also because sometimes this can also happen where you know complete the blame is on the parent can be on the parent i've seen this happen in schools of the child for the child of the bully but just to know that each person is in a different place and we don't know their their reality and where they are and to give it that space sometimes it can be true and the parents themselves may need uh, help in understanding how to deal with their own emotions and how to separate the child 
from incidents of conflict if there are any apart from this again to really be present to the child i um, so there was this, there was this kid in 7th grade and there was he and he was you know um, engaging in uh, bullying behavior lot of physical bullying by this child and this child was referred for, uh, to counseling and uh, it when the, in the beginning the child was very afraid of opening up about what he was doing and it, it was you know quite severe incidents of bullying and later the child the child said you know what i just moved he had just moved from a different country to um india a new school his parents were not with him he was in the hostel and he just didn't know how to fit in he just did not know how to handle his emotions so we really got to that point and then we got to the point where the child looked and said you know what accepted responsibility and said i i am sorry for doing this and took a corrective course of action but for also to really build empathy right there's one there's addressing the root cause itself which means some pain or hurt that may be there one two what is the need uh, for bullying itself and i'm also talking of all these here these are also something that a counselor would work with with children but i'm also bringing it up for parents to be aware uh, that you know these can lead to bullying so they can look at these aspects as well to what is the child getting out of this action what really how is it benefiting that child what need of the child is being met for example does the child feel more in control of their lives more in power more capable more connected with their friends is this the way they're making friends is there something that's happening and they're not knowing how to express their emotion are they taking it out there can be a lot of things that can be addressed the other thing is also to build empathy for uh, for the person who's meting out that action to say you know what how would you feel if this if this happened to you and to really help the child look at the perspective of the victim or how would it be on the receiving end and what's really happening this the even the factor of empathy right i think as a society we are really growing in this but we we truly as a society empathy and kindness is something that um, as individuals i think we have to take responsibility for probably have to is very strong but uh, but yes in because i am in a counseling situation and i see that empathy for ourselves first only then can we be empathetic towards another person so really learning how to be with ourselves and take care of ourselves and then being empathetic to any other human being or to any other life form and that also you know it's a very societal perspective but yes all of this can really help and support for parents is also very important because i have seen it negatively impact the mental health of the parents so definitely each stakeholder can help the other out and definitely finally to know that there is help outside to deal with this in a manner that is healthy for all parties concerned and in a manner that will not lead to long lasting scars and in a manner that will help each party involved learn their lessons and move on in life um it threw a lot of light into uh, what can be done within the scenario by um not just uh, you know using uh, proper therapeutic sta- strategies but also by each and every stakeholder and what role they can play so yeah um that said i think something that i'd like to explore through this is also within the psychotherapeutic uh, perspective right so from that standpoint what kind of approaches do you think can be taken to help those who both perpetuate and experience bullying 
So I think from a psychotherapy standpoint, there's just so much, right? Because psychotherapy is the, I mean, different people can have different definitions, but the end of it is to improve the mental health of the individual that is coming to a therapist or a counselor. And as we've understood so far, the mental health of both the bully and victim are affected and so much can be done with that. I think in my own experiences, I've seen how it really leads to uh, long-lasting effects, right? And even definitely short-term effects, it really, there is a disturbance that is caused in the emotions, in the thoughts, in the behaviors of the person. So whatever therapy that is used, the person can be helped to come back into a state of balance within themselves, become more empowered and take corrective courses of action for both the bully and the victim. There are also definitely not only individual therapy, group therapy options also. Sometimes working with the class as a whole for group therapy and uh, building trust in, in class or just giving space for each child to express in class, giving space for the emotional development of the child as a therapist, it really, really helps. And in the therapy context, teaching or um, even outside as a life skills program, right? Teaching children how to handle their emotions. What can you really do? What are these things called emotions? How do we experience them? How can we express them? In a manner that is healthy for ourselves, in a manner that is healthy for others. How can we do that? Even for adults. Sometimes I've seen how, especially with bullying, right? There, there was an adult who, who went back to a bullying incident he had had and uh, he developed, so the uh, presenting of the concern that we were dealing with in therapy was how um, he felt that expressing emotions means I am weak. And he went back to where this, is, this was coming from. He went to an incident of bullying in, I think, um, when he was probably eight years, eight or nine years old, where he would, where he would be beaten up by older kids because um, he was slightly different and he was more sensitive and with that incident he just decided that he's not going to show his emotions and he lot of suppression of emotions and of course when there's emotional suppression one loses touch with one's own self and the needs and what one wants right and when you don't know how to deal with your own emotions becoming present for others becomes very difficult so a lot of challenges in different areas of life this was one case so the scope is truly endless and definitely to achieve the aim of therapy itself, right? Come into a place of emotional, mental well-being. Okay, great. So I think like that covered both the perspective of like how to help someone or support someone through the experience, but also to just generally um, uh, empower students by um, like promoting emotional well-being and uh, just in general supporting them through all of the experiences that they can have in school in order to like help them cope with challenges like bullying so yeah i think that brings us uh, to the end of this episode i think it was really insightful so yeah thanks so much uh, for that i think it was uh, really um, interesting thank you very much for the space Okay, so we've had a very um, engrossing discussion about bullying so far and uh, I'm really, really curious to know what this week, this week's research snapshot holds for us because um, all the, re I mean, I've, I, what I've come across is that there's a lot of, lot of literature about um, bullying and how it, how it has so many different impacts and outcomes on the people involved. So 
yeah i'm really curious to know what's um what we have in the research snapshot today so yeah shweta what do you have for us you know actually it's pretty interesting that you mentioned how a lot of the research uh, throws light on the people involved right but a lot of people don't really think about um, the people who witness bullying as involved in this experience but i actually chanced upon something very interesting for this time's research snapshot it talks about the kind of uh, mental health impact bullying can have on the individuals who are witnessing this happening so i'm just going to address this a little more technically i'm referring to the bystanders uh, bystanders when it comes to um, episodes of bullying so there was this one study by midget and dumus uh, and it was done in uh, 2019 it was a cross sectional study and they basically assessed the mental health of children in three grades so there was sixth grade seventh grade and eighth grade um to put that simply the age category that they targeted was around 11 to 15 years they studied the symptoms of certain internalizing uh, concerns that might come up like anxiety and depression among the bystanders of bullying so what they found was that there is a very statistically significant association between being a bystander and the levels of anxiety and depression that the individual experiences and this association was actually found to be more than in than what it is in case of just victimization or perpetration now um probably like all of you are probably thinking about what was what kind of experience had the highest kind of mental health impact and that was actually among children who were both bystanders and victims this study even uh, corro- corroborated the results of previous studies as well which found a relationship between witnessing bullying and internalizing sy- uh, symptoms and these effects were definitely substantial even when they controlled for you know the potential mental health effects that just victimization and perpetration can have um the authors even went on to like discuss about the potential reasons behind this because obviously like not a lot of people think about this from the perspective of the bystander right so one of the most prominent reasons that they mentioned was cognitive dissonance so uh, preeti yeah do you want to tell uh, us a little bit about what cognitive dissonance is and how it plays a role in this scenario yeah sure i'd love to so cognitive dissonance is actually the mental discomfort that results from holding two conflicting beliefs or values so if you have two simultaneous ideas about a particular thing and both of them don't uh, you know uh, both of them don't align that's when cognitive dissonance arises say you uh, for instance i'll give an example say you have one belief that you want to drink alcohol and another simultaneous belief that drinking alcohol is bad so that is like an example of how uh, cognitive dissonance can arise uh yeah exactly so within this uh, scenario as well in case of being a bystander of bullying um the kind of experiences that a person might have is they might want to stand up or like uh, actually do something about the kind of experiences they are witnessing but at the same time they might have other alternative beliefs that are stopping them from doing that it could be the fear it could be um the uh, idea that they might stand out if they do something like that and because of that they might also engage in a particular behavior that doesn't align with the attitude they have so just witnessing it even when they strongly believe that they are against it so this can actually cause high levels of cognitive dissonance which can have me- a mental health impact on the individual as well okay wow great thanks for that um, shweta i think uh, the research really sort of you know tells us just how impactful bullying is not just to the perpetrator and the victim of course but also even just uh, people who are witnesses to the bullying so i think one thing that i can think of uh, when you were talk- 
asking about uh, the research is how there's such an imminent need for counseling services in schools um, which need to extend to all children in the school and I think there tends to be a bias in schools where um, even if there are dedicated counseling services they tend to be restricted to say the troubled children right and not all children so i think it's really important that uh, even i mean like the research brought out since even bearing witness to things like bullying can have such profound impacts on mental health i think it's very very crucial that such mental health services be extended to all children and also i think this again brought out uh, something that I think has been a theme throughout our conversation so far that bullying is a very systemic issue and um, curbing bullying needs to start uh, at a very macro level while you also carry out the micro um, interventions for it. So yeah, that's what, I, that's what I picked up from the study. So yeah. Yes. And if you want to have a first hand uh, shot at reading this paper, go ahead and you can find it, um, in, find the link in our description as usual. Okay, wow. So with that uh, very, very packed episode, I think there was just so much to learn from everything that we spoke about, the different dimensions and perspectives to bullying. Uh, but uh, from everything that we addressed today, I think what spoke to me, what really, really spoke to me was this one phrase that uh, Shruti had mentioned, which is both the bully and the victim need support and so do the bystanders uh, of bullying. So, I think that really speaks volumes about the sort of uh, mental health awareness work that we need to be doing in schools in terms of mental health literacy and also providing uh, universal interventions to, uh, you know, sort of target the bullying, the, the school culture prevalent about bullying and so on. And of course, we, uh, the providing of uh, mental health services and support services to students, that's, that's a given. But in addition to that, I think uh, this whole thing about bullying being systemic and the need to have such interventions to target school culture about bullying, that really, really spoke to me. So yeah, that's, that, that, that was my key takeaway from today's episode. What about you, Shweta? Okay, um, yeah, definitely everything that you said makes a lot of sense. In fact, even about like the school culture and environment, right? Uh, I mentioned it even uh, during the podcast. I think that's something um, that's so important to um, like consider, especially like within the Indian context coming from, uh, I, I did my schooling in India as well. And I know that was a couple of years back, but still it's something that really needs to be addressed in terms of the kind of relationships that even teachers have or or teachers and students have and all of that in order to address bullying so having that sort of a positive culture can uh, make a huge difference when it comes to experiences of bullying and all of that um apart from that something that really uh, struck me was also when we were discussing uh, the therapeutic space and actually a lot of other uh, bits in between as well we discussed how bullying can have an impact even in adult life and how it becomes very important to address these concerns even through adulthood especially if the individual feels stuck because of the kind of impact that bullying had on them so yeah i think um, these points were very very um, important in general even in case of the uh, mental health of uh, parents and all of the adults involved 
in the bullying experience i think that was definitely a perspective that i didn't pay much attention to but something that i really needed to hear okay great with that we come to the close of this episode of tenaritas the 10th episode of tenaritas actually a podcast on bumining and mental health brought to you by matra an initiative for maternal mental health you can make sure to stay tuned for all things matra by following us on our social media and you can find the links to that in the description see you next time Initiatives is brought to you by Matra, an initiative started under the National Mental Health Advocacy Program by Fortis Mental Health.